Welcome to the Thang Generation of Wealth Podcast, episode number 42, I think. And I'm your host, Amir Estimo. In today's episode, we will discuss the importance of credit. And I know we've been talking a lot about, well, at least the last couple of episodes, or this past episode, I've been discussing about personal credit. So I figure these next few episodes, uh, we're going to talk about credit. We're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to get to the cryptocurrency. I know that was something I wanted to record, but the fact is I want to make sure I'm very prepared when it comes to crypto because crypto could be a very interesting topic. And I think that's a, a two to three part series itself to discuss about crypto. And I also want to bring a guest who is very knowledgeable about crypto. So you, we can get all facets of when it comes to building wealth. But today's episode, we're going to talk about business credit, the importance of obviously having personal credit and business credit. I will touch up on the difference between the two, what's uh, your business credit, and how you can use your business once you establish business credit, you can use that to build generational wealth. Obviously, this is the Thank Generational Wealth podcast. Again, I'm your host, Amir Estimo. Do me a favor. Subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. If you're getting on Apple, Spotify, wherever, please leave a review Subscribe to the podcast as this podcast is aimed to drop every Wednesday, 5 a.m. Central Time. Excuse me, folks. Um, and then this is a, so please help your boy out by subscribing to the podcast and rating review to the podcast. So let's go ahead and dive into the episode. So obviously we're going to talk today about business credit. Last week's episode, if you didn't tune in, listen to episode 41, where I did talk about personal credit. But uh, I will differentiate the two a little bit. So you have your personal credit. Your personal credit is you. So let's say, for instance, you want to open up a business. And in this business, you want to be able to you want to be able to scale. If you don't have the funds, some of these big companies that's been able to scale is obviously because they've had capital. And how to get to capital, sometimes you got to have business credit. You, uh, come, lenders have to be able to establish that you will be able to pay off your debt. Now, when you start off getting business credit, obviously your business to start up is very new. So there's not a lot to show, but I'm going to share with you steps that I've done to start and open my business credit. I've actually started two LLCs and I have credit cards and credit with both of them. Now, this you can use this to be able to leverage your business, obviously to grow your business. The more money you get, more capital, you can use other people's money instead of your business cash flow. So these are what 
some of these tech companies are doing, Tesla, Amazon. I was even reading a book, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And Phil Knight, he was able to leverage other people's money to be able to build this mammoth as we know as Nike today. Amazon did the same thing. Tesla, I was reading also a book uh, by for Elon Musk. And it also talked about how Elon Musk used other people's money to be able to grow his business. And I know for me, I'm going to do an episode about financial literacy, the importance of it. I feel that people who are like me, we don't understand the aspects of how we can build generational wealth. We don't either don't have access to the information. And that's why for me, Think Generational Wealth Podcast is something that's near and dear to me because I want to be able to disseminate all that information that's out there. And there's a lot of information that's out there. And trust me, folks, there's nothing here that I'm saying that you can just go on Google or YouTube to the greatest inventions in this time, you could be able to go research that stuff yourself. But sometimes things like podcasts helps because it helps shrink the amount of information that's out there. And then you yourself can now go make those decisions. Now, going, going back to what I was saying, people like my people like me, they look like me, don't understand these things that are out there that we can use to be able to, whether it's scale our business, starting a business, obviously a lot of businesses have failed. There's a statistic out there, I'm not sure the percentage, but there's a, it's a pretty high percentage of businesses that start and fail. And amongst those, we sometimes, people like us, we don't realize these things that we need to be able to like having credit, personal credit, having good credit, business credit, building these things, how these things can help us and building assets so we can pass down to the next generation. That's the, that's the reason I created this show, this podcast called Think Generational Wealth, because you want us to be able to I think that's something that, again, a lot of us in our communities do not think about. We don't think about building generational wealth. If you get an example, we gotten this thing called the stimulus check. And I think we've gotten three of them. One was 12, 14, 600. If you do the math right there, that's what, 24, what, $3,400 or something like that, that we have gotten within the last year. How many of that money are you using, A, to pay down debt, B, to start a business, or C, building your six, three to six months emergency savings account? But what you see is instead of that, we probably go out and buy that coach purse or we buy those new Jordans. When in reality, instead of doing that, we could be investing into ourselves because yourself is the greatest investment. So when you don't do that and you go buy stuff that are depreciating assets, and then what are you doing is you're hindering yourself 
from growing to the next generation, from passing that down to the next generation. Because how do you see families like Rockefeller was able to pass down wealth after wealth, the Walton family able to do that? They were, do, they were doing that by accumulating assets, appreciating assets, real estate, stocks, crypto, life insurance, these type of things, all these, these tools that are out there, we don't do that. So that's why I think for me, today's episode is near and dear to me when it comes to getting a business credit. So now, sorry to go off on a tangent, but I thought this was important to really say. So now you have your personal credit and then you have business credit. The difference between the two is your personal credit is, let's start off with, when you apply to a, a mortgage or a, some type of loan or whether it's revolving credit or installment, like mortgage, revolving, like credit card, you need a social security. For business credit, you just need an EIN. Your EIN is what's considered your social security when you start your own LLC. This is what the government recognized. So for example, I have an LLC for Amirison Financial. So I have an EIN. I have an LLC for Amirison Investments. I have an EIN. So those are what the government recognize basically as your social security. Now, your credit score ranges from a scale 300 to 850. On a business, it ranges from zero to 100. Now, if you're anywhere between that zero to 20, that means it's like equivalent of 300 to 500 on, on a personal credit. That means your credit is not good. Your business credit is not good. So you're going to have a hard time being able to get funding when it comes to your business. So you want to be able to do things like pay your bills on time, not accumulate so much debt that you can't handle. Because again, when you're first starting your business, you don't really know how your business is going to perform. Sometimes your business even changes, your model changes, and that will happen. Like I started a digital marketing company, and what we first started, me and my partner, we're now not at that point. We didn't start off as a digital marketing company. Now we're considered, a, we are now around the digital marketing company, right? Now the major bureaus for your personal credit are what, Experian, Equifax, TransUnion. Now for business, you have Experian business, you have Equifax business, and then you have what they call Dunn and Bradstreet. So those are your, those are your three, those are the three bureaus you use. Now Dunn and Bradstreet, it, or Bradstreet, sorry, is, is probably is the major one. That's the one that you want to be able to register your business with. So when it comes to, because you, you need what they call a done number. So once you get your LLC established, and the way you get your LLC established is you can use, you can do it yourself. 
I use LegalZoom to do it. I've even used someone else to do it too, uh, to do my other LLC. Then you get your LLC start, started, pick a name. Pick a name that's unique, whether it's your last name, whatever. Get yourself that, get yourself a, a name. Then you go and get yourself an EIN, which within, now you have an LLC. You can do an LLC, you can do S-Corp or Corporation. I'm not going to touch on what's the difference between the three, but I will probably maybe in the next episode or in a future episode, one of the two. So I, I will definitely touch up on what's the difference between LLC, S-Corp, and a corporation. Now, when it comes to your, your business, obviously your personal credit, the five factors that are made up when it comes to your personal credit is your payment history, your credit usage, mix of credit use, your what you're carrying as far as debt, and your length of credit history. Now, for business credit, that's a little different. That's you have your payment history, you have your age of credit, age of credit history, you have your debt and debt usage, you have the industry risk, and then you have your company size. So if you're a small company, obviously it's probably you're you're probably not going to be in the high score because you're a smaller company. But sometimes that can work to your advantage too. So going back to going back to starting your so once you get your EIN, you get your you get that done. Then you can go ahead once you get established. That takes generally depending on what state you are. That could take up to two weeks to get that done. Mine, I did mine through LegalZoom. It was a very easy process. Obviously, you're going to have to have a registered agent. And your registered agent, um, you have to be, this is someone where they're receiving all the mail. So if you get, whether it's, um, you get some type of court documents, this goes to the registered agent and they collect mail on your behalf. Once you do that, so you guess you have your EIN, you have your, you have your uh, your EIN, then you have your, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thoughts there. Uh, but yes, you have your, going back, you have your EIN, then you have your, you get that registered agent. Now your, your business is registered with wherever state you're located at. So once you're done, now you can go open up a business checking account because you're going to need to separate your business expenses from your personal. You do not want to co-mingle either because one, for tax purposes, and two, is just you want to be able to separate these things because if you come back and get audited, you cannot have your personal stuff being audited with your, your, your business. So those two things got to be separate. Then you once you get your business checking account, you can get that through any bank, Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, whoever you want to use. And a lot of these companies, especially you're going to need an EIN anyways to be able to to be able to open up a checking account. That's, you're going to need EIN to even apply for a credit card. Surprisingly so, American Express did not ask me because I was sole proprietor in one of my LLCs. So American Express did not ask me for whatever reason. When I asked them, they'll say, hey, we didn't need it. So whatever. But I already had a relationship with American Express anyways. I have a really good relationship with them. Now, you, you get that. Go get yourself a credit card for your business. 
So you're going to need a credit card for your business. Again, you do not want to commingle your personal stuff with your business. So you want to be able to separate the two. Once you have that, guess what? Now, depending on what type of business you are, you can set up relations with vendors. You can put all your business expenses onto your, your card. I would recommend probably to have two, two credit cards with your business because you want to be able to, let's say if you want to be able to, and plus you'd be able to maximize the points that you get with these, with your, for your business, with these companies. So you want to have at least two, if not, if you can't handle two, just do one. It's okay. And build that relationship, pay your bills on time. One thing I learned with the personal credit card, the difference between the two is that with a personal credit card, you pay your balance off to zero. Before your, your cycle ends, you want to make sure your balance is at zero. Because what that does, it helps keep your credit utilization low. But on the business side, it doesn't really work like that. Because what happens is, obviously, these companies make money. And the way they make money is off of interest. And if you tend to just pay off your, your credit card and you tend to do that, what happens is, is that what they can end up doing is shutting down your credit card. But it's good to leave a small balance on there, whether it's like 50 bucks, 40 bucks, something to that nature. But you want to keep your debts low anyways, because remember, you're a startup, so you may not have a lot of capital. You may not have... Um, you may not have money coming in as freely right now. So you want to start off slow and build your way up. Okay. Now, building a, so you have your business credit. Okay. So what you do, you got yourself an EIN, registered agent. That may be, depend on the state you're in. You have your business bank account. You have your credit card. So what you want to do is you want to make sure you get yourself a business email and then also get yourself a business phone. You can use um, Google Voice. I've used that right now. So that's what I'm using for right now until eventually I can scale up to get myself a, you know, something besides that. But you can use that for now. You can, you already got your checking account, get yourself a business checking account. Remember, you don't want to co-mingle the two. You don't want to have a personal and your business account mixed together. Then you get yourself a credit card. Depending on whoever you reach out to for a credit card, American Express, Bank of America. Remember, if you're a small company, you're just starting off, there is that possibility that you're not going to get a high credit limit. But what could help you too is like I said, last week's episode 41 is if your personal credit is good and you have great, let's say you have a strong financial as far as the money you have, that can help with your credit limit. Because when you apply, since you're a new company, a lot of these companies are not going to just give you a high credit limit right off the bat because they don't know how you perform. But if you have a history, great relationship, I would recommend applying for a 
credit card with whoever you bank with or if you already have a personal credit card. So for example, if you have Capital One, apply a business credit card with them. I think they have something to that nature, a 2% cash back on all purchases. American Express has a American Express Business Blue Plus, I think it's called. That is um, two, two times points up to 50,000 on all purchases. Chase has one. They have the Chase Inc. Um, I have that card there. You get you get some points with there. So you and I actually that's even helped because I was able to. Me and my family are taking a trip, and I was able to use the cash that I accumulated, and that's another thing, folks. Whether it's your business or your personal credit card, do. Uh, this is me. This is my opinion. You can take it for what it's worth. But I would recommend using your credit cards versus your debit cards. Stop leaving money on the table because you'd be surprised. You can be able to pay for a whole trip, take your family out to dinner, pay for a whole trip with all the cash or points you've accumulated throughout this whole time. I don't I barely use my debit card. When I tell you I barely use it, I barely use my debit card. I don't use my debit card very much. Sometimes I even forget the pin. But what helps with debit card is the fact that you, you know now you have those those where you can just put your debit card and touch it or you can just use your phone. I probably don't even remember my pin number sometimes. But because I put all my purchases, whether it's for my business or personal, on my credit card. And then what I do about it. Now it takes a certain discipline. You got to be disciplined when you do this. Because what happens is, is that Dave Ramsey, I do agree with him here. With credit cards, you have the psychological thinking, I have all this extra money. But if you budget yourself right, this is where budgeting comes in. So let's say, for instance, you budgeted $300 for the month. I don't know whether it's groceries or eating out, or maybe if, 1500 Let's say that's your budget that you're going to put 1500 take that money. What I do is I set my, put it on my calendar every single where it's a reminder or I put it on my calendar as a task or reminder or just put it on your calendar, however you want to do this. And then put it a notification when it pops up, you can pay your credit card at the end of the week. So what that does is doesn't, you don't get overwhelmed when you see your credit card balance and then all suddenly you're trying to figure out all this math and everything, get yourself set up, get yourself to where you can pay that balance off every week. So by the end of the week, I usually keep my credit to zero. So what happens then is at the end of the month, I'm just paying off maybe a small balance versus letting that money accumulate and you never know what could happen because life happens, folks, to where you may something happens and then all suddenly, boom, you thought you're going to be spending fifteen hundred, but then you probably only had a thousand dollars for the end of the month. And then what happens now? You probably have a balance at the end of the month. And remember, with personal credit cards, it's good to keep your balance zero. The closer to zero you are, the best it will help and improve your credit score. Now, in the business, that's Depending on the company, I've learned that can either help you or hurt you. Okay, folks, so 
I hope you found value in this episode. Again, if you could please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. I don't mind. I like feedback. I want feedback. I want to know that I'm helping. I'm providing value because the fact that you're taking the time to listen to this episode, I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. And I'm going to put a small win on here. I just was able to look at my data the other day. Buzzsprout, what I like, what I like about Buzzsprout is Buzzsprout, when you hit a certain milestone, let's say 50 downloads, 100 downloads, 1,000 downloads, stuff like that, they send you an email to let you know and you celebrate. So right now, I'm going to celebrate the small win. We're about 150 downloads in and it probably could have been more is I know I took some time off the podcast and I wasn't podcasting as consistently, but I'm making it an effort now to podcast as consistent as I can. Be consistent, consistent, consistent. Because eventually, we'll see growth. So I'm going to celebrate. We have now 150 downloads. To many people, that may not be much, but in the podcast world, that's actually pretty good. So that average is almost four episodes, four downloads an episode. So whoever you are, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode, downloading the podcast, keep supporting. I'm here. I want to be able to disseminate all this information that's out there, take that information and be able to share it with the share it with our community because our community needs that. And that's the only way we're going to be able to eradicate the true issues we have in our community. And that's financial literacy because too much people like me people that look like me, too much of what we do is we are such consumer. We're always spending money. We're not thinking about wealth. We're not thinking about building wealth for the next, that we can pass down to the next generation and keep that money flowing within the family. So whoever you are listening to this podcast, I appreciate it. Much love. Thank you for taking the time. Listen to this. Until next time. Everybody should be thinking generational wealth.